Good morning and welcome to our Learn Live Cervical Cancer Awareness Broadcast. We are live today with Dr. Neil Smith and Kath Lewis who are going to be answering some questions on cervical cancer and talk about the screening process. So before we meet our guests, just a reminder to all the schools and everybody watching, the live chat facility is available throughout the broadcast and afterwards. So please send your questions in and ask any questions that you'd like the team to answer and we'll address those in the question and answer section. So good morning, Bo. Thank you for joining me today. So Neil, if I could start with you, please. You can just tell us a little bit about yourself and the campaign that you're working on, please. Well, thanks, Lauren. Thanks for inviting me. Delighted to be here. My name is Neil Smith. I'm a GP. I've been a GP in Blackburn for about 24 years. I've got a particular interest and passion for cancer because half of us will get cancer, but we just don't talk about that enough. I've witnessed the devastating effects of cancer on my, my patients and the families, and I'd, I'd like to try and make a difference, particularly in prevention and early diagnosis of cancer. Uh, I'm really fortunate in my career. I now work for our Cancer Alliance as a GP lead, and I work with and for a wonderful organisation of Cancer Research UK. Great. So I know you've been working on the 25 It's Time campaign. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the 25 it's Time campaign is a very simple campaign devised by my team that I need, need to thank, thank for that. And it's about trying to support young women to have the first smear. What we know is only about a third of people aged 25 actually attend for the first smear. And we'd like to make a difference. And we're doing so by sending them a text reminder and a little postcard, giving them information. And we're seeing that is making a difference. It's supporting more young women and encouraging them. And they're attending the first smear and continuing to attend the, the smears later on in their life. Great. So for anyone who is interested on the 25 It's Time campaign, there is a downloadable presentation on the Learn Live website. So if you are interested in seeing more about that, please feel free to download that and you can ask us any questions on that on the chat facility as well. Uh, so we've also got Kath Lewis with us here. Hi, Kath. Morning. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you do as a screen and an immunisation coordinator? Yeah, so um, I'm a nurse by background and I've been a midwife as well. Um, I now work in NHS England as a screening and immunisation coordinator. Um, and my lead areas are cervical screening, breast screening, and also school-based immunisations, which include the HPV vaccination. Okay. So we commission all the screening immunisation programmes for Lancashire and South Cumbria. Great. So I know a lot of people won't have heard of the HPV vaccination. So can you just tell us a little bit about what they are and, and what, what they're for? Yeah, so the HPV vaccination, it's, HPV stands for human papillomavirus. Um, it's offered to all girls, in usually in year eight, so when they're around 12 to 13. Um, we know from the research that's been done that HPV causes the majority of cervical cancer. Um, and there's two types of HPV which cause about 70% of cervical cancer, which is number 16 and 18. There's lots of different subtypes of HPV, um, and that's what we vaccinate against. Great. Okay. So we've had quite a lot of questions come in already, so I just want to get started on the question and answer section. So, Neil, if I can start with you, please, just on the medical facts. So can you just explain to us what is the cervical screening? Well, the cervical screening, otherwise known as a smear, is a test to prevent cervical cancer. Okay. So it's there to identify women who are more likely to get cervical cancer in future. And a sample is taken from the cervix, the neck of the womb, and that sample is looked at for any changes or any abnormalities. And therefore those abnormalities can be monitored and if needs be, treated well before anybody ever gets cancer. 
Great. So I know we talked earlier about um, the amount of women who actually go to mm. the, the screening test. So who, who, who is invited and how many of those women actually do participate? That's a good question. Well, there's a national programme and women aged 25 to 64 are invited, initially every three years and once reach 50 every five years. That, that, if you have a look at the figures, it's about 5 million women a year that get invited. But we know approximately, different parts of the country it might vary, but approximately 70% of women actually attend. So that's 3 million women every year who are taking part in this. But it's really interesting that they often don't talk about it amongst yes. the friends and the fam families. And we'd like to really encourage that to be more open and more people to attend. Yeah, which is again why we want to do the broadcast with you all today, just to start the conversation. It's not it's not something that you, you don't need to be in embarrassed about we want to start the conversation we want to get more women going to their screening tests and get more awareness for cervical cancer so what can you tell us about cervical cancer well cervical cancer i think it, it's the commonest cancer in young women right under the age of 35 you're unlikely to get cancer but if you do get a cancer as a woman it's, it's commonly cervical cancer there's 3,000 new diagnoses in this country every year. That's about nine a day. And I, and I think that's really, really, really sad. Yeah. Now, the things if you want to prevent it, there's two very simple things that teenage girls can do by having the HPV vaccine and all women can do by, by attending for the cervical smear because that's the important thing that prevents it. Yeah. The other message I like to say is about early recognition if people have symptoms. Yes. Okay? And there are a few symptoms people should be aware of, particularly bleeding, for example, bleeding between your periods some offensive discharge or pain during intercourse. And if young women are getting these things, particularly over a long period of time and they're worried about them, they certainly need to get it checked out. I'd, I'd suggest, you know, just go and see your doctor, get it checked out. It's unlikely to be cancer, but it's best to know about Yes, of course. Um, so what are the benefits of the screening then? Obviously, we talked about um, if, if there is something, then we, we're getting, the, getting diagnosing that early yeah. and starting it early. But what are the other benefits of the, of the screening process and screening tests? Well, the main thing is it saves lives. Okay. The problem is when we look to try and pick up cancer early or prevent cancer, some cancers have external signs and you know about it. But of course, you can't see your cervix. Yeah. So the majority of women that attend for cervical screening actually feel better and reassured that everything's okay. But if there is an abnormality, you can treat it and prevent cancer ever happening. From an individual point of view, we know the scientific evidence that women who attend for cervical screening, the risk of cervical cancer is reduced by up to 80%. Wow. And we also know that every year the campaign and, and the programme saves about 2,000 lives. And the more women that attend, the more lives we can save. Great. Perfect. Um, so, Kath, I just want to talk about sort of the process of the screening itself. So what happens during the cervical screening? So generally it's a female who would take the sample. So it's usually the practice nurse or sometimes female GP. Um, the woman will be asked to undress from the waist down. Um, some people find it easier to wear a skirt and they just need to take their underwear yes. off. Um, you will be given something to cover up and then the sample taker will insert a speculum which is a plastic instrument which enables them to visualise the cervix. They then use a soft plastic brush or a broom we call it to sweep the cells from the cervix, pop it in the pot and they go off to the laboratory for testing. Great. So guys, as you can hear there, it's not a big scary thing. It's, what is it, 10 minutes roughly? If that. Yeah. If that. <laughs> so 10 minutes of slight uncomfortable 
and that's it. And, and you could save your life. You could get, get your friends involved, tell them to go. If they've got their letter and they haven't been yet, tell them to go, get them involved. As Neil said, we, we, we're saving lives here. So the more women that go, the more lives we'll save. So just, I mean, I've, I talked there about it being slightly uncomfortable, but do you get much feedback from women that, that they find that it does hurt? For some women, they do find it uncomfortable. Um, there's very few women that would say it would it hurts. Yeah. It is uncomfortable. Um, but the more relaxed you are, the less uncomfortable it is. And you, if you have had a bad experience where it's been particularly uncomfortable, if you speak to the nurse, um, they can discuss ways of getting around that because if you can be in a different position, they can use a different size speculum. Okay. Um, so there's lots of different techniques and things we can do to make it more comfortable for women oh great that's great to hear um so for any the any of our audience out there today who are watching where can they go for their cervical screening so they'll get an invitation um they can either go to the gp practice which is where most people would go generally the practice nurse do cervical screening um there are also some of the sexual health clinics um or what used to be called family planning clinics um that offer cervical screening. And there's also, across Lancashire and South Cumbria, there's lots of extended access services which you can access through your GP um, that do out-of-hours or weekend appointments as well. Great. So we've got we've had a question come in from the audience. Thank you for your question. They're just wondering how long it will take to get the results from their screening test. So the target is 14 days from having this test. But at the moment, we ha we've had a number of national campaigns, which has really helped increase the amount of screening, which has obviously put some pressure on the yes. laboratories. <laughs> so at the moment, they're taking around 21 days. So we would say wait about three weeks. And if you've not heard, contact your practice and they'll be able to chase your result up. Um, don't worry that don't think no news is good news you'll always get a result um, and don't worry if your test is taking a little bit longer than it should be it, it'll just be the the laboratory will have a bit of a backlog yeah and I mean three weeks to wait for, for to know like I said to, to re re feel relaxed and to yeah. know that everything's okay is not a lot of time at all no. really is it um, so does the cervical screening give a final diagnosis of cancer? No, it doesn't. So uh, the aim of cervical screening is to look for um, HPV initially. Um, so we know that HPV causes cancer. If HPV is present or the high-risk HPV is present, then it um, the cells of the cervix would then be looked at under a microscope. And if some abnormalities are found because HPV causes cell changes, and it's those cell changes that if we don't pick them up early, will eventually, if they're left to their own devices, will lead to cancer. So that's why it's really important that women, even if you've had the vaccination, they also go and get screened because the vaccination protects against the most common types of HPV, but not all types of HPV. And the screening test looks for all HPV that could cause cancer. Great, and that just really pushes a message home of how important it is that even though you've had your immunization it's yeah. not enough you need to get your screening yeah. test done and just to make sure and make sure that everything's okay yeah. and that you can the best way of preventing cervical cancer or cell change is to get your vaccination and to go for screening when you're invited great thank you that's great advice um so we've got quite a, a controversial question coming now which is the age of the cervical screening which at current is 25 so i just wanted to address a question to you neil if you can just tell us if, if why the age is 25 and, and should that be lowered? Yeah, that's a great question, and I fully respect that. 
And I can understand why a lot of people are asking that question and continue to ask that question. The simple answer, the brief answer, is that the science tells us that the risks of doing that outweigh the benefits. The more complicated answer is about the fact that in people who are in their early 20s will often have some changes in the cells when you do the sample, which will re result of being normal if you just leave them alone. Right. So if a young woman has an abnormal smear result, they'll cause an awful lot of worry. They might be forced or feel the need for treatment, and that treatment can do them damage. So, for example, if you have surgery on your cervix, you might be more likely when you have a baby to have a premature birth, which isn't good for you and isn't good for, you, good for your family. So, quite simply, from a research point of view, the harms outweigh the benefits of it. The other thing to remember, fortunately, that... The, the chances of, of cervical cancer in your early 20s is very, very low. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's very, very low. And what we're seeing now is because more people are actually having the HPV vaccine that are in their early 20s, those rates are reducing that way anyway. So um, for any of you that um, came onto our broadcast slightly earlier, you would have seen the video that we had from a lady called Karen Hobbs, who works for the Eva Peel. Now, the Eva Peel are one of the biggest UK charitable organisations promoting awareness for cervical cancer. Karen was diagnosed with cervical cancer at 24, but even she believes that the age doesn't need to be lowered, that it will cause more damage to that woman than if she waits at 25. If you are concerned about anything you can call your GP you can request an early screening is that correct you can you can't request early screening but um, there is specific guidance for women with symptoms who are under the age of under the screening age so under the age of uh, 25 right. um, and that is that they get referred into either a colposcopy service or which is a specialist service that treats cervixes yes. or again to a gynecological clinic um, where they can get testing um we know that the majority of well all the women who've been diagnosed with um cancers under the age of 25 have all been symptomatic um and that's what we need to do. we need to look at the symptoms screening is for well people with no symptoms no matter what age you yeah. are and if you have got symptoms no matter yeah. what age you should be being referred yeah. so, so the message will be if you you're in your early 20s and you've got those symptoms that i suggested see your gp and get it checked yeah. out yeah Great. So if anybody wanted more information on cervical screening, where could they go? I mean, we do have some links on our website as well. So if any of you are interested, we've got links to Joe's Trust, which I'll ask Neil to talk about shortly, um, links to the NHS website as well. So if you are interested in more information, please go and have a look through our, our website link. Yeah. So Neil, if you can just tell us a little bit about um, Joe's Trust and what they are and what they do. Joe's Trust is a fantastic charity uh, set up dedicated to Im Im improve cervical cancer and there are pages in their own resources on their website about, about screening. And can I also highlight uh, Cancer Research UK, fantastic organisation dedicated to prevent, treat and diagnose cancer earlier and there's fantastic videos on there lots of questions and lots of res more resources if people are more interested in cervical screening great so uh, we are quickly running out of time now actually and um, so i just wanted to ask a couple more questions 
um, to Neil. So what can male partners do yeah. to help? Any of our male audience out there, this is just for you to, to, if you notice anything different in your partner, you can speak to them. So Neil, what, what can the males do out there to assist? Yeah, I think the men need to take a stand up and take some responsibility for this as well. Yes. I think they need to talk to the partners about it. I think they need to encourage them, understand the reason for a smear and, and, and find them time to, to, to get to their appointments. I also think men need to be aware of those symptoms and encourage the partners to, to attend if, if, if they've got any symptoms and also to be there for them if they've got any problems or anything to discuss. Yeah, be that support for them. Exactly, yeah. Perfect. Um, so, Kath, a question for you. I know from speaking to a lot of people that the main reason women aren't going to attend their screening is the fear of embarrassment. I feel like the, the fear of embarrassment will most likely outweigh the fear of the uncomfortable 10 minutes or so. So is there is there works in the technology where this could be an, an at-home testing kit that, that could be produced? So um, we're moving over to HPV screening to be the primary test for cervical screening. Um, and because of that, there is the option to do home testing. So there's currently a couple of trials that are starting in home testing kits for cervical screening um, we know most women particularly sexually active women if they've attended any type of sexual health clinic will have been offered a, a self-testing chlamydia yes. test and it'll like be a similar similar process um, so we'll just need to watch and wait to see what the results of those trials are great so you heard it here first we'll watch this space and uh, if there is further updates on that i'm sure uh, we can get kath and neil to come back and tell us a little bit more about the uh, the home testing kits which would be great um, so be just a final question now, just for both of you. What advice would you give to any of the girls out there watching today or any who are going to be watching the video on demand later? What, what final bits of advice would you give to them? So first thing, um, have your HPV vaccine when it's offered in school. You need two doses to be protected. When you turn 25 or it'd be 24 and a half, you get your first invite about six months before Um make an appointment and go for screening and if you do have any symptoms make sure you see your GP um, and get them investigated the likelihood is it's not going to be cancer but, but better to be you're safe. better to be safe than sorry yeah. I think you've said it all I think <laughs> the important thing is cervical screening saves lives mm. everybody should, who's invited should, should attend and participate and teenagers should have the HPV vaccine and I think we need to remember that 90% of women who go for screening will have a normal result yeah. great so thank you so much to neil and kath for joining us today and thank you to karen hobbs from the eve appeal who's uh, done the, that video with us if you do want to watch that a link will be available also on our web page so please have a look at that a big thank you to all our audience as well thank you for joining us a recording of this broadcast will be made available on demand which will be available next week so if you are interested in watching this or showing it to anybody you know, please feel free to watch the video. The chat facility is always open and I'm sure Neil and Kath will be happy to answer any questions that come in on the on-demand broadcast as well. So join us tomorrow at 1.30. We'll be meeting with another doctor. This is Dr. Theo Clark, who's going to be talking to us about the importance of donating blood on World Blood Donor Day. Thank you very much, guys, and Thank have you. a great day, everyone.